Hey, welcome to the Book of Medora, the podcast where we talk about Zelda lore. I'm Crystal, and with me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. This is a special bonus episode with two objectives. Number one, we're going to read some emails. And number two, we're going to scientifically and objectively rank every Zaylink pairing according to quality. That sounds fraught. I don't know about scientifically and objectively, but I'm... But you've, you said we're doing this, so I guess I'm going to participate. So, uh, question number one, I suppose. Are we okay with doing cross-game pairings? Are you talking about between the first game and the second game? No, I, or... mean, I mean, like, what if you paired Zelda 1 Link with Tetra? No. That no? just seems like there's too many variations. Unless you're talking about, like, Smash, Breath of the Wild Link, and... If you want to do a 60-hour episode, I guess that's fine. But Smash yeah, there's, Zelda. Yeah, there's too much going on here. Okay, we're only doing actually possible pairings. Okay. Okay, I do have a question before we go in. Are we doing Hyrule Warriors? Do you want to do Hyrule Warriors? Well, I'm the only one here who's actually familiar enough with Hyrule Warriors to weigh in on it. And I've, no. Oh, I mean, yeah, I you were there for most of it. But it, yeah. also, no. Okay, let's do the canonical Zeldas. Okay. Okay, let's okay. begin. How do we feel about Zelda 1 Link and Zelda 1 Zelda? Okay, um... They hold up Triforce pieces together. They do hold up Triforce pieces together, but that's about the extent of how <laughs> their relationship is portrayed. And I tend to uh, think less of this as a pairing, because Zelda is an end goal rather than a person here. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's characterized a little bit through the environment of the game, the way that we read that first game as being a series of traps and forces arrayed against the forces of Ganon. Like, all the bosses are guardians that are empowered by the Triforce of Wisdom to keep Ganon's minions away. And that's cool. That's a cool thing to do. But generally speaking, the character of Zelda herself doesn't have much room to breathe. Not much to it. Not a lot. How about Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link? Is this where we interpret the Sleeping Princess as, like, the variant of Skyward Sword Zelda? Well, I mean, there's, like, three different ways to read this, right? There's the game by itself. There's the game as compared to the first game, where it introduces this really weird uh, succession battle thing going on between the two princesses. And then there's this lost princess reading where this is the zelda from skyward sword and it's the saddest goddamn thing uh, we have to take all that into account god i mean if you go and take all of it into account this is actually a really interesting version of the pairing that's given almost nothing in the game by itself but is built up a lot by those interconnections they kiss they kiss they do kiss i i feel i feel comfortable saying it's better than zelda one yeah absolutely agree Okay, The Adventure of Link, currently number one. The Triforce of the Gods. I don't have much opinion about this one. Yeah. It's okay. It's essentially just the Hyrule Fantasy again. I'd, I'd say it's better than Hyrule Fantasy because it introduces Zelda's lullaby into the series. Mm-hmm. She does a bit more. You see a bit more of her. You do see a little bit more of her, but it's like it's the exact same role for her character. You literally see her get removed from the story in front of you. Link and her have a small, short time together. Oh, yeah. You do get to run around with her in the dungeon. That's all right. The the manga version of this done by the... What's the mangaka's name? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, But there's 
two separate manga versions, I think. Not the one by um, Himekawa. Is Himekawa the Cyborg 009 one? No, the, that one. Oh, okay. Well, they like did the a Hime- very sad perspective where, you know, during the time of crisis, they Link and Zelda have this psychic link and they meet each other in their dreams. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then afterwards, they're just too busy and they can't and they've like grown apart that is very cool it's very tragic that i think if we were dealing with the manga version this particular uh pairing might rank a little bit higher mm-hmm. but we are not it's strictly down to the game which is a whole lot of nothing so i, I guess maybe above hyrule fantasy below adventure of link yeah if just for introducing zelda's lullaby into the series okay dreaming island doesn't have zelda how we feel about ocarina of time I mean, Ocarina of Time is the introduction of Zelda as a fully fleshed character who has this really interesting relationship with Link even outside of your shipping concerns. Because when it starts off, both of them are kids who are conspiring to save the world together from uh, an evil man. And by the end, Zelda realizes how much they were in over their heads and how fucked up it is that she's been relying on Link to do all of this by himself. And they keep going through with it, but she regrets it a lot, or at least elements of it. I mean, in the end, she does but right by him. Yeah, she does, and she sending sends him, him back. back. And uh, if you read that as a shippy sequence, then it's a very tragic shippy sequence because she's removed him from her own timeline. Top of my ship list. Yeah, that. Yeah, okay. See, this is the one case in which Monica will chime in on her actual ranking. For her, this is number one with a bullet. This okay. is her favorite favorite version of Zelda. Favorite version of Zelink. It. Yeah. Favorite version of Link. Favorite version of Link. Skyward Sword is really good too. So. Uh, mm, you see, I actually don't think that the Ocarina of Time version of Link is in and of himself that interesting he's fleshed out a lot in majora's mask Mm -hmm. and more in twilight princess i read him with majora's mask added in and twilight princess there's a lot going on there if you include all of it yeah so yeah i i I guess right now ocarina of time is probably number one just because she's such a character next up i guess is seeds of the mysterious tree oh boy uh the oracle games what, 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 do they, what goes on in the, between them in this one? She kisses him at the end, and he blushes. Okay. <laughs> that is definitely a thing that happens. That is an interaction. But she's not even in the game until you link the two games together, and even then, not until the end of the second game. And depending on if you follow the Historia or whatnot, she might have totally forgotten him from their last interaction. God, that's <laughs> rough. We, we will consider this as a separate Zelda from... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it must be. I mean, uh, the, the way that the um, Accursed Timeline looks at these two games, we look at this being the same Link from Link's Awakening, but different from Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Which means we must consider that they had enough of a relationship that Link dreams about her. That's kind of nice. Or yes. he just like got real love struck when he got a kiss from the cute princess. That's enough of a starting point. I guess. But well, like the Crystal has imported the fucking let's place format in this. <laughs> so it's like is this better than Ocarina of Time? No. no. Is this better than Link to the Past? It's basically the same. 
I'd say it's a little better than Link to the Past. Okay. Is it better than uh, Adventure of Link? And- no. Okay. There it is. See, it's not that hard. <laughs> Crystal, you're just agreeing with this? Yeah. You're okay. the expert. See, here's the I'm thing. The expert? Crystal okay. is not a shipper, as was established back last year in one of the earlier episodes of Book of Medora. Okay. So she's basically doing this exercise just to get you and me to talk about this bullshit. Well, we have to rank the non-Z-Link ships later. That might go for the ranking episode, but there's a lot of those. Yeah. Do we do we count like Zedna as a non-Z-Link ship? Sure. Okay. We okay. Yeah, that's a good ship though. Yes. Um, but that's basically a Zelda Zelda ship because Minna is just another version of Zelda. Uh huh. Okay. It's better here's... than Z- Zed Hil- Zelda. Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda's not great. Z- mm, Zelda feels wrong. Helda. <laughs> no, just pairing those two characters feels wrong. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good thing to do. It's like it, self-cessed. It's. Well, I mean, like. It's more like pairing like cotton candy with like. Black licorice. Um... I'm not a big fan of black licorice. Or licorice. Yeah. Next? Yeah. Next is a tough one. Four swords. Oh, boy. Um, I don't remember anything okay, there's four, four swords. We're looking at four swords, four swords adventures. Uh, are those two separate things? Those two separate links, two separate Zeldas. Oh, God in heaven. Um, okay, so Zelda's kidnapped by Vati. And that's it. And that's it. And she's like, at the end, oh, this has to, this is like... This is this is this is doo doo tear. This is not one of the good ones. Oh, and then she like eradicates three of the four links. Well, I mean, they just get merged back into one person, right? According to one interpretation. Oh, she does it herself. Uh huh. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, I think this sword. This one's got to be very near the bottom because she actively murders Link. Do you think it's the bottom? I'm gonna go yes for right now. Okay. For the murder. Four swords. Officially the worst Zaylink of all time, to our knowledge. <laughs> uh, Baton of Winds. This one's cute. Yeah, I, I don't think this is a very ship-heavy game in a lot of ways. There are quite a few shippers. Yeah, but like... I know. You have they're to babies. Of, you have to age them up and assume like a few decades after they've journeyed together. Sure. Um, I, it's not one of my main... No. I, I See, here's the thing, because we're... Looking at it on two separate axes here, are they good as characters and are they good as a pairing? Are they good as characters? Yes. You could make a strong argument that either of these are the best version of their particular archetype. Are they good as a pairing? Not really. Because they're just kids having an adventure together. And they're dorks. So they should also be near the bottom. No. Come on. I would put them like, well, a lot of these Lynx and Zeltas are kids. The Oracle ones are kids. Oh, God. Yeah, right. Fuck. Yeah. So I'd say between Adventure of Link and um, the Oracle games. Really? Yeah. Where, where would you put it? I I would have put it lower, but whatever. You are the actual expert. Okay, next up, uh, Four Swords Plus. It is fucking blowing my mind that Adventure of Link is hanging out at the top this hard. Um, okay, so Four Swords Adventures... It's another one of those things where she refers to you as my heroes and gives you the light arrow to fight Ganon at the end, right? Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. Um, that should be just above Four Swords. Still below the Hyrule Fantasy? Uh, yeah, because at least with Hyrule Fantasy, you can read the world in a way that makes Zelda interesting. Her testing him. Her testing him. Her No, her working specifically against Ganon. Okay. 
and Link having to fight his way past her guardians. And that's cool. That is not what's going on in Four Sword Adventures. The mysterious hat. This one's cute. It's very cute. <laughs> They're very cute together. They, uh, Zelda wants him to have the little shield. Yes, it's an adorable little shield. Um, they're childhood friends? Uh, they are, yes. They, Link is actually well-known in the castle and basically roams freely throughout the entire place. The king knows him. Zelda knows him. The chancellor knows him. Everybody knows him because he's friends with Zelda. And Zelda runs over to the smith all the time yeah. to visit Link. Minish Cap's interesting in the way that it presents the uh, particular social context in which these two live. Because in any other Legend of Zelda game, the idea that Link just knows Zelda like that would be preposterous. They live in a much more socially stratified society. But there isn't really as big of a stratification in Minish Cap. It's like the royal family has an open-door policy. The smith is like best buds with the king. Yeah. They duel together for one of these festivals. Yeah, it's a very different kind of story. What do you think, Crystal? I don't, I don't think this is a high one. Where would you put it? Hmm. See, Maybe you say it's not a high one, but most of the ones up to now are bad. <laughs> I'd put it under Wind Waker, personally. Just under maybe Wind Waker? Maybe above, or maybe above Wind Waker. Above Wind Waker. No, below. Well, see, this is another one of those things where we're ranking them according to their quality as a ship rather than their quality as characters. But here, Because it's like, oh, Zelda, this is another one of those games that Zelda spins as a statue. You have five minutes with Zelda. You have five minutes with Zelda. It's but, five adorable minutes. But it's five minutes that tells you a lot about the character and their relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's cute. I could see oh. just, just below uh, Baton of Winds. Okay. Twilight Princess. I don't. <laughs> Go ahead, Monica. You tell me about this one. I will concede that there's not much in the game itself. There sure fucking is. The entire Twilight Princess Z-Link ship is post-game. The entire Twilight Princess Z-Link ship is better understood through the lens of Link talking to Minna. Yes. Like, this is the one case... Where if I got into a long enough protracted argument with Monica in private and never made her reveal it anywhere else, oh, I no, might no. I might get her to admit that Z-Link is not the best ship in this game. No. Okay, please. <laughs> you have to be fucking joking. Keep trying, I guess. Oh, it's you have to talk about what's in the game, no, though. There's like Monica, elements I in- would love to hear your argument as to why this Z-Link is better than <laughs> Mid-Link. Yeah. Yeah, let's hear it. No, the I know the answer to this already, and the answer is it's always Z-Link. Yeah. No, but uh, uh, discard that for a second. Why? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's 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 basically canonical. It is. What? Okay. Why is Z-Link and Twilight Princess I, better than Mid-Link? I'm not going to argue that. Oh, okay. It's like it is, but. No, not, no, I'm I'm not going to argue that. Oh, okay, but you kind of just did. I, I'm firmly Z-Link. Yes, I, that's true. Yes. Oh, this is one of those cases where it's like it's Z-Link, even if the other ship has a lot more for it. There's elements in the game that set up like a post-game ship. Uh, you like the bit where she touches Link's hand? Yeah, but no, I mean things like at some point there's an implication that you know. The whole Triforce thing, Zelda and Midna shared minds for a moment. Uh-huh. And there's the whole thing about Link heading out back out into Hyrule at the end. Uh-huh. 
And that's enough to set it up. Sure. Compared to the bottom of this lot, like, I still say it does better. Sure. I know there's not a lot in the game itself. So, when we do the favorites episode, or do you want to do the best non-Z-Link ships in this too? Like, we could expand this episode. Are we short for time today? No, we could talk about non-Z-Link ships. Great. Okay, I guess that's what we're going to fucking do. Yeah, I will do the non-Z-Link ships like I'll do them independent of the Z Link. Sure, we don't, you don't have want to. them on the same list. No, we we won't be putting them on the same list because you will actually force us into divorce proceedings. <laughs> okay, it's like I want to be joking, but I'm not really joking. Where's Twilight Princess go? Where does Twilight Princess go? What do you think, Crystal? I think it's a low one. I think it's a low one. Maybe, hmm, maybe just above uh, Seeds of the Mysterious Tree. What? That's where I'd put it as well. Yeah, okay. I, I can sign off on that. It's a it's not a, like it's a low one, but that has to be with the understanding that the bottom four are just really bad. Well yeah, they're the bottom four. Yeah, but there's only ten items on the list right now. <laughs> Six out of ten's a bad score. It is. Not at all. Um what we're going to do at the end of this, just for the sake of Making this more contextualized, I would like to give a number score to each of these. Okay. Uh, next up, Train Whistle of the Wide World. This one has to be high, right? Like, yeah. they're just babies, but they go through so much together. I have a soft spot for this. Well, it's the best Aaron. version of the character for my money. For Zelda. For Zelda. And also, it's a really strong link. Yeah. And they go through so much. Yes. And they firmly like each other. Yeah. But I I didn't read their hand holding at the end as being shippy. It's more like they're they're supporting it each have other. To be shippy. Yeah, because they're babies. But it's another one of those post game years later kind of things. But it's like as a romantic relationship, very low. As a relationship between two people that's genuinely interesting and engaging, very high. And I think that it would be better for us to rate it on that latter axis. I'd say under Ocarina. Oh. What do you think, Crystal? I mean, I think it's better than Adventure of Link. Yeah. All interpretations of Adventure of Link? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would have put it at the top, but if the two of you want to put it under Ocarina, I guess I... Oh, God, we're just going to have Ocarina at the fucking top, because <laughs> the woman who said she didn't want to participate in this is just going to make sure it stays at the top. <laughs> I, would say, I would say Ocarina is above Spirit Tracks. Really? Why is that? I think uh, there's there's a lot of tragedy to Ocarina. Oh, there that is. makes it spicier. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You can't really get around the tragedy spice. That shit's good. That's like putting paprika in your food. Oh, I love tragedy. And every everything below this is basically not a real ship. <laughs> everything below which one? Uh spirit tracks. Okay. Um, careful who you say that to. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. I buy like, that. Like, Spirit Tracks and Ocarina is is the one where they have, like, real shit in it. And the yeah. other ones are where you, you really have to read into it. Yeah. They have explicit textual relationships that are easy to read. More than just um, romantic signaling included at the end yeah. for the player. But reading in, in the Book of Medora? <laughs> that's nonsense. She's got us there. Skyward Sword. Oh, fuck. Ooh. Okay, so... Skyward Sword might be the heaviest of these yeah. in a lot of ways because it's just a shoujo story about Zelda trying to confess to Link for 45 hours and then coming to terms with 
how their relationship has to change according to the stuff that's been set up for them from before they were born. And Zelda having to wrestle with her own complicity in events that she doesn't remember participating in until she does. There's so much fucking... Would I put this above Ocarina? There's so much fucking shoujo tragedy bullshit in this. I would probably put this at the top. Oh. I love Ocarina. Like, that's my personal favorite. Right. But... if you Skyward had to, Sword. if you had to speak scientifically and objectively, and I also really love Skyward Sword. Yeah, yeah, it's your f- second favorite Zelda game. Mm-hmm. For my money, Skyward Sword is the best sailing. Hmm. Okay. I, I can good. I can definitely sign off on putting it above Ocarina of Time for now, but I just really like both versions of these characters. Like it's it's good. And like the more um, characterization Zelda gets, generally, the more favorable yeah absolutely it ranks on our list the more of a, a person the more of a focus she is the better um the one exception there apparently being uh wind waker which we still have ranked below adventure of link yeah because that's not really a ship kind of thing stop that triforce of the gods too fucking if it weren't for four swords at okay here's the thing about link between worlds Link Between Worlds is a Super Nintendo era game that happened to be the follow-up to motherfucking Skyward Sword in terms of how they portrayed the character of Zelda. It comes immediately after Spirit Tracks and Skyward Sword, which a lot of people still argue are the two best versions of the character, bar none. And we get a portrayal of her that is like deep, hard, fuckily into the damsel role. I have a soft spot for... The character who falls in love with... A story. A story. The way that she looks up fondly at the portrayal of Link defeating the darkness and rescuing the princess. Yes. It's why I like Kent and Fire Emblem. Of course it is. <laughs> or Hodori and Fushigiyuki. Okay. We're going to steer away from this particular mode yes. of conversation because there are too many examples of this trope. Yes. But, but yeah, I like that trope. People falling in love with ideas. Yes. Big into it. Um, but no, it's not a great ship or zelda they took or link zelda in the past few games in fact i think there's multiple games in the series at least four or five where you could argue that zelda's the best character in that game mm-hmm. and what did they fucking do with her in this one hey fucking preview for the next canonical episode of book of Medora. i'm pissed at link between worlds for its treatment of the character of zelda Reducing her utterly to a damsel who is way into the just the fact of being a damsel walks back so much of what made her engaging and active in previous games. If it weren't for Four Swords being on here, I would put this game dead fucking last just for the context in which it was made. So you'd say above Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures. You know what? I'm not even really fucking sure. I'd have to think about that. What do you two think? I mean, you seem really mad at this one. I'm not <laughs> happy with it. We can put it at the bottom. Is this just going to be like a fucking Cam is mad at it spot? I'd, I'd put it like a spot or two higher. So you'd put it like around the level of the Hyrule Fantasy? Below Hyrule Fantasy. Yikes. I, I mean, it's what, the same It's the same relationship as in the Hyrule Fantasy, but... You can at tw- least interpret... Tw- tw- 25, 26 years later? You can interpret her a little bit differently because there's nothing there. Okay, okay. I'll set my bullshit aside for a second. Since it is very specifically meant 
to portray a sequel to the relationship in Triforce of the Gods, mm. being Triforce of the Gods 2, I would probably want to put it right next to that one, either right above or right below it. Well, here's the thing is like four swords, you're like, whatever, this is nothing. There's nothing here. Put it at the bottom. This one you're actually impassioned about. Yeah. That it, it's bad. I'm impassioned about how it's bad, but it's like, does that make it worse than four swords? Four Swords is like just squat. Is it better to hate rather than feel ambivalent? Uh, like, if Four Swords had come after Skyward Sword and Spirit Tracks, I would take the big old dookie on it too. Damn, there's so go. I'd say under the original. Just under the original. Above Four Swords Plus. Fine. Where would you have put it, Crystal, if it was just you having your druthers? That, that seems about the right place. There's not much to it. Okay. Which is... It's bizarre that Monica would sign off on putting it this low because that's a really canonical take on the relationship. I'm not fond of it. Okay. See, Zelda's not in Triforce Heroes. Nope. So next up is Breath of the Wild. This one might be contentious amongst us (laughs) because I like the character of Zelda and the portrayal of her relationship with Link more than I think either of you two do. I think it's very canonical, but it's not high on my it's on the top area but not that high on it crystal what are your thoughts on zelda and link's relationship in this game i don't like thinking of them as being romantically involved Mm -hmm. but you could and i mean zelda it's above average i would say in terms of canonicity or in terms of quality uh both yeah all right um well, see, I, I really like how Zelda is mostly the focus of the story here. And there's an element to it where the person that she loved is back, but he's forgotten her. Yeah. And whatever relationship they have going forward, it cannot be what they had before. That's for the best. Well, sure. But there's all, like there's just that little low-grade element of tragedy to it. Yes. Also, she fought Ganon for 100 years, and that's pretty sick. Yes. Where would you put it, Crystal? I think I would put it around Adventure of Link, Baton of Winds-ish area. Should we just do it according to the Let's Place formula? Yeah, let's. we have enough here to do the formula. Cameron, is it better or worse than Twilight Princess? Uh, better. Monica? Better. Okay, better. Uh, Monica, is it better or worse than the Adventure of Link? Better. Cameron? Better. Okay. Monica, is it better or worse than Ocarina of Time? Worse. Cameron? Better. Oh, it's up to me. It's worse. <laughs> Cameron, is it better or worse than Train Whistle of the Wide World? Worse. Monica? Um, worse. Better or worse? Mm. You have to actually choose one. Uh, Do you want a coin? No, it has to go worse. worse. Okay, Breath of the Wild is placed directly below Train Whistle of the Wide World and directly above The Adventure of a Link. That's a pretty good place. I guess. Okay, we've ranked all 14 canonical Zay Links. Good. From top to bottom, (laughs) Skyward Sword, Ocarina of Time, Train Whistle of the Wide World, Breath of the Wild, The Adventure of a Link, Baton of Winds, The Mysterious Hat, Twilight Princess, Seeds of the Mysterious Tree, Triforce of the Gods, The Hyrule Fantasy, Triforce of the Gods 2, Four Swords plus Four Swords. I'm okay with this list. Okay. Shall Time we to give them numbers? And they need to be just for the sake of my sanity. Let's make them uh, integers 
and then we can average the integers. Out of how much? I think 1 to 10 is fine. Okay. Or um, maybe we could do it 1 to 5 and then add up our three scores. Okay. Instead of averaging them. It doesn't make any difference, but it'll make for cleaner numbers. Or would um, you rather do it 1 to 10 than add up e- the scores? Either way. Can I just say, like, everything... Twilight Princess and up, I care about. Uh-huh. <laughs> everything underneath, not so much. Yeah. Let's just do it for, for Mitsu style. Add them up. Okay. So to add them up to 30. Okay. So we start at uh, the bottom, I guess. Uh, yeah, four swords. Okay, uh, Monica, what would you give this? One. I'll also give that a one. I'll give it a one. Cool. So a total score of three. Yeah. The uh, minimum possible score. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, four swords plus. Uh, Monica. One. I'll give it a one. Also, I too will give it. Well. Hmm. A one? They do kiss at the end. Do they? Oh, they do. I'll amend it to a two then. Okay, a two. I'll give. I'll give it. I'll give it a, a two. No, I'll give the one. See, scoring out of ten is hard. If you only were able to score it out of a hundred, scoring so out of hundred's harder. Oh, what's easy? Would you rather do a one to five? That yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Then um, I, I guess we can consider this a... We'll do this an out of five thing then. And um, you can amend mine to a... Uh, I'm still at a one. And I think Monica would also amend hers to a one if it's out of five. Uh-huh. Okay, it says three. Triforce of the Gods, two. Two. A two. Oh, See, I would have given Triforce of the Gods two a two if it were... Out of ten. Out of ten, but now it's a one. I will give a one. It's a four. The Hyrule Fantasy. Two. Two. Well, I mean, you're not going to expect her to like it less than Triforce of the Gods 2, are you? Um, I guess that I'll give it a one still, because they still don't have a fucking relationship. Okay. Triforce of the Gods. Two. One. I'm going to give you the one. Seeds of the Mysterious Tree. Uh, the Oracle Games, for our listeners who aren't familiar with Crystal's naming schema. Two. I'm going to give it another one. I, too, will give it a one. A lot of fours. Yeah. Twilight Princess. Three. A three, wow. I'll give it a two. I'll they give do, it a one. <laughs> they do have that moment where it's like, ah, uh, she folds his hand on top of it and she really appreciates him, which is a lot more than we've had up to now. Uh, the Mysterious Hat. Three. I'm still going to be giving that a two. I will also give it a two. It's all the way up to ten. That's quite a jump. That's 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 seven, Crystal. That's seven. That's quite. <laughs> what you, wait, no, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's quite a jump. Uh, Baton of Winds. Three. As a ship, ship. Oh, we didn't actually rank Phantom Hourglass in here. Well, oh. that's not a separate ship. Okay, fair enough. Um. Oh, though. Okay, does that mean that Phantom Hourglass also reflects on Wind Waker? Yes. Yes. Oh, fuck that. I guess they get a two. I'll give him a three. The Adventure of Link. I cannot believe this ranked as high as it did. <laughs> I can. Okay. Um, Do I have to go first? Yeah, that, that's the format. Okay. Consider and I can't the, do half integers. No, not at all. Consider the entirety of how the Book of Medora views this relationship. This could be the alternate timeline Skyward Sword Zelda. Right. Uh, 
Still three. And I'll still give it a... Oh, if if we consider the sleeping princess, I might be willing to bump this up to like a four. But taken on the whole in terms of everything, including its presentation in the game, I'll also give it a three, I guess. I'll give it a two. Yeah, okay. I'm feeling that. Breath of the Wild. Four. Five. Wow. Shut up. I'll give it a three. Eight to twelve is a pretty big jump. Train Whistle of the Wide World. Four. I will also give that a four. I'll give that a four. Ocarina of Time. Five. Um, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a five. Yay. Skyward Sword. Five. Yeah, that's that's going to be a five for me, I guess. I'll give it a four. <gasps> okay, so... We actually did pretty good in terms of coming out with score results that are very similar to our rankings. Uh-huh. Skyward Sword Ocarina of Time, 14. Spirit Tracks and Breath of the Wild, 12. Adventure Link of Baton of Winds, 8. The Mysterious Hat, 7. Twilight Princess, 6. Oracle's Triforce of the Gods, Hyrule Fantasy, Triforce of the Gods, 2. 4. Four Swords Plus and Four Swords, 3. Seems pretty right. No perfect scores. No. I really thought we might get one on Skyward Sword. What ca- what held it back for you, Crystal? I think Link does not really reciprocate in the relationship. <gasps> is this because of Beatrice, or is it because of you as Link? It's about both. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's a completely valid reading. I can't believe I'm the only one who gave Breath of the Wild a five. You people. <laughs> you want some email? You can send in emails to this podcast at the podcast Gmail. Book of Medora Podcast. At gmail.com. That's Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. This is an email. This email is the biggest reason that we have this mailbag episode, I think. Let's see here. Casey writes in Hello there, Book of Medora. Casey, aka Cutest Princess, here with some ideas and questions for you. I have a theory about both demons and the interlopers that intersects with your own. Sorry in advance for how long this is. First, let's talk about demons as a species. What do we know about them? We know that seemingly any species is capable of transforming into a demon using a suitably strong source of godly or demonic power, i.e. the Triforce and its pieces. Or at least the power piece, the evil pyramid trident, the light force, or the power of Hylia, Vati's fancy boy hat, etc. Similarly, demons produce and radiate some kind of evil demonic energy. Even the nice boy demon Batro radiates an energy that causes aggression in certain animals at night and either attracts or produces monsters at night. Ganon, a demon king rank demon, corrupts the entire sacred realm once sealed within it, transforming it into the dark world. Once this happens, all but the most bunny-hearted are transformed into demons upon entry into it. Ganondorf's corrupting demonic power is also very much present all throughout Twilight Princess, with the power he lends Zant allowing him to transform and corrupt the Twilight Realm and its citizens, as well as the broken pieces of the Mirror of Twilight. He ruins everything he touches in this game. So pause here. Do we know that the, the Triforce and the Dark Realm certainly is transformative, but would you say that they're transformed into demons? Well, some people are turned into trees. Mm-hmm. Talking trees. I think the idea is that it's just whatever form most reflects their heart, Mm -hmm. which I think is actually textual. Yes. 
And I don't know if it's necessarily demonic. And this is also supposed to have been the origin of the explanation for why Ganon is a pig, because that is what most reflects his interiority. Though we know now that that's not exactly the entire story. A big blue pig. Uh, what Casey is saying here is that with our understanding of the rest of the series, we might read these as demonic transformations. I see. Though the thing that gives me pause for a moment is the idea that Batro radiates the energy that causes monsters to appear at night in Skyward Sword. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually a pretty common reading, but it's not one that I happen to share. Not least of which because even when Batro transforms into a human with no more demonic aura, the monsters persist. Yes. He is not the one actively attracting them. I'm still on record as saying that it is the power of demise filtering up to Skyloft that is causing the upswelling of dark creatures. Yeah, I'm also of that view, especially because Girahim tries to pierce it with tornadoes or whatever. Right, but the larger takeaway here is that Casey is saying that demonic power is transformative and corrupting. Hmm. Continuing. Like the malice. Yes, like the malice. Exactly like the malice. Continuing. Equally important is that demons can be transformed into other species as well. It's ambiguous whether the Ganondorf in the adult timeline has literally reverted to Gerudo form or not, or if he just chooses to maintain his humanoid shape but is still a member of the demon species. Batro, however, gives us a definitive example of a demon, through great effort, being able to cast off his evil shape and become human. We don't know if he was born a demon or became one at some point, and we don't know if this transformation would have been voluntary or involuntary on his part. Regardless, it takes more than theoretically turning over a new leaf and rejecting evil to transform into a human. It takes the literal, literal physical embodiment of gratitude and thankfulness to turn him human, and this can only be earned through good deeds, Eddie McDowd style. What's Eddie McDowd? I don't know. I don't get that Let's reference. Google. Okay, um, we'll do that in just a minute. I'll use my phone. Please. Uh, this plays into the whole theme of needing to prove yourself to earn something that reoccurs in this ser series. Now, of course, Batro doesn't go around doing these good deeds himself, but he does assist Link in his adventure in exchange for the gratitude Link collects. So he is still doing a kindness and proving himself to be a good person in the process. Slight pause. There was an American sitcom called 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd, and a bully is turned into a dog and must do good deeds to turn back into a human boy. Oh, wait a minute. I think I know this show very vaguely. I saw commercials for it, but never actually watched it. When did this air? The final episode was 2002. Oh, 1999. Okay. So that I, I would have heard of that, but I never watched it. Okay, I get that. Turn into a dog, huh? Yeah, that's a very, that's a very salient comparison there, Casey. I do think it's interesting that Casey frames um, Ganondorf as being a member of the demon species. Right. Because the transformation into Ganon, I think you could easily call Ganon a demon. But we've had some other emails questioning and outlining possibilities of the understandings of what a demon is. And He's taken on the title of Great Demon King, but I think there is something to be differentiated there. He quacks like a demon. <laughs> he does quack like a demon. But we, we can come back to the idea of that particular classification once we reach the end of the letter. Equally, nope, okay. This ability to transform through both great magic and great effort of either good or evil is key to understanding demons. 
I believe they did not start out as a naturally occurring species, but as a group of evil individuals who used powerful dark magic to transform themselves in an effort to become godlike. They are, by nature, greedy, evil, and hungry for power. I'm unsure if they are capable of reproduction in the traditional sense, but I imagine they wouldn't necessarily feel especially motivated to do so. Why create an heir to overthrow your immortal ass one day, when you can just corrupt some lesser evil minds into doing your bidding instead, or magically create a bunch of monsters and lesser demons who will obey you? Then again, some might consider the creation of a child a true statement of vanity, and demons can certainly be vain and prideful. Like Cam, I believe that Maladus and Demise were two primordial peers, demon kings around the same time of two tribes that may or may not have collaborated. I would posit, however, that they were not the first demon tribes. This is an interesting take so far. And this is where the second part of my theory comes into play. I think it's possible that the interlopers were a demon tribe, but not Demise's tribe. I believe they predated him by an unknown period of time, and may have been the very first demon tribe to exist. The interlopers and their king, using their dark magics, transformed themselves into demonic beasts, not unlike those seen in Twilight Princess, in order to get the Triforce and use its godly power. Their king, in turn, is the first of many to hold the title of Demon King. Of course, as seen in Twilight Princess's backstory, the old gods hadn't even left yet, so they and the Light Spirits kicked the interlopers out of reality for being super evil jerks. The goddesses, thinking everything was okay and everyone was cool, peace off to a distant nebula and leave little sis Hylia in charge. This is proof these gals are deities of the fallible variety, because this is a real dumbass move on their part. Once one group succumbs to greed for power, there's of course going to be more. So eventually others attempt this who knows how many times, using the dark arts to go beyond mortal human forms and become demons to combat the poor goddess who got stuck with watching over the Triforce. She doesn't even have Rauru there to build a super good... Fucking hell. She doesn't even have Rauru there to build a super good temple around it with his big strong arms. These magics... Sorry. The magic these demons are using evolve over time, becoming more advanced and powerful. Eventually, Demise shows up, either descending from a previous tribe or building up his own fresh one after becoming a demon from some other species, and gets super close to actually winning compared to most others. And then all the shit in Skyward Sword happens. Parenthetic. In the case of the latter, maybe Demise is a new name he takes on as Demon King, like Ganon. Maybe he used to be Demisedorf Dragmire. That's a mouthful. I mean, it's not a, that's not far off from Ganondorf Dragmire. But even though the goddesses are dumbasses, they aren't total jerks, since they leave the mirror behind, presumably hoping that one day the first demon tribe will chill the fuck out enough to leave time out and come back home to play nice with everyone. And, to be fair, most of them do by the time of Twilight Princess. Whether it's the realm itself actually magically chilling them out, or just the eons of isolation to think about what they did wrong, they seem like they're basically nice folks by Twilight Princess. But some people like Zant still suck, so the events of Twilight Princess happen. That's true, some people like Zant still suck, but it, if it hadn't been for Ganon, I think that a few bad actors wouldn't have mattered that much. Yeah. Considering how easy it was for Ganondorf, through Zant, to pervert the Twilight Realm into a corrupting presence not unlike what his timeline counterpart did to the Sacred Realm, you can't blame Midna for going, hey, maybe the purgatory in here is better than the freedom out there when the fucking devil guys can happen, and protecting her people from corruption by destroying the mirror. 
I think their nature as descendants of demons is in part what makes correcting them so easy for Ganondorf and Zant. Even those not fully turned into Twilight monsters are still transformed. On a related note, if Link to the Past Link is bunny-hearted, is Midna imp-hearted? I also place this as the reason why the Twilight Realm acts as a corrupting force on the Light World, because Ganondorf has infected it and is now through Zant using it to infect the Light World. As discussed, this is also why the mirror pieces corrupt people as well. This isn't the case with the fused shadow though, that's just because it's old powerful demon magic all wrapped up in a weird helmet for safekeeping. That does bring up an interesting point that I hadn't considered in the Interloper episode, which is that the fused shadows are very similar to the trident of power from Four Swords Adventure. Yes. According to my reading, where the Interlopers are the demons who fought alongside Demise. Though in Kay's reading, they are from a much older conflict. I, uh, the trouble with this reading is I have difficulty imagining Demise as... Human? Yeah. I can see that. And, and that may just because, be because he's been in this form for such a long time. It seems fully him. And also because we don't see him in any other form. Right. But, well, no, we do. In a wiggly toes form. Yeah, wiggly toes. But... I have trouble imagining a human out of that. That's fair. We'll, we'll come back to this at the end. So yeah, in summary, I think demons aren't a naturally occurring species and are basically born from greed and power lust combined with great transformative magical power and that a demon tribe predating demise are the interlopers. As a quick bonus add-on, I also think the rude ruins in Termina and Majora's Mask... The, oh, sorry. The Rude Ruins in Termina and Majora's Mask, The Item, were the work of a demon tribe who maybe got banished there, or at least a tribe attempting to become demons using Majora's Mask and shit. They may or may not have actually been fully connected to the original demon tribe in any way. Does any of this make sense to y'all? Sorry in advance for not addressing whether whatever you're currently talking about in Skyward Sword. As those of you in the Discord know, I've been binging the podcast recently and am currently up to Spirit Tracks, which is one of my favorite games. Also, sorry for not addressing the ever-popular golden goddess atheism slash Hylia-is-a-butt theories in this. I have many more ideas I want to write about, but I'll send them in as separate emails, as this one is already far too long. Thanks again for making such an amazing podcast. Y'all are great, and I love hearing you discuss this stuff with each other. Lots of love, Casey H. Thank you for that email, Casey. Yes, that's very kind. I think it's really um, very far-sighted if um, they were only at Spirit Tracks in terms of podcasts. Yeah, listening. this is a pretty cogent reading of the setting, mm-hmm. I think. not. I, I don't necessarily descri- subscribe to every part of it, but there, there's a lot of thought put into this. Crystal, what do you think? I, I'm willing to subscribe to it. You're... I think it makes more sense to think of demons as beings of malice rather than a species as such. I see. In that case, how do you see it as relating to the idea that moblins and bacoblins or the like are also members of what are described as the demon tribe in Wind Waker's Japanese script? They are malice given form by a demon king. Okay, that does make a certain amount of sense. So overall, you you see this as being pretty reasonable. Yeah. Are you okay with the idea that the demons did not literally come from underground now? Now, hold on. <laughs> they still might have and probably did. How do you mean? They they could have lived underground. 
I see. Okay. And how do you think this relates to this relates to the idea of the demons as originating in Termina? I think Demise's tribe could have originated in Termina. So you also sign off on the idea that Maladus and Demise may have been kings of separate nations. Yeah. I see. So does that mean that the war... I guess they don't have to necessarily be the same war, the one against Maladus and Demise. I think there's a certain neatness in having it be the same war. Yeah, neatness and, is and good. I guess I trip over the thought that there was an earlier unnamed king that was involved with and turned into, you know, the Twi'le. The way that Phi describes Demise is in very inhuman and eternal terms, mm-hmm. which is interesting because of the way that it intersects with how I generally read this series. I don't necessarily subscribe to every part of Casey's reading here, but the idea that Demise is not a single individual, but a collection of individuals who aspire to that form in the immensity of their malice fits with how I read Ganon, or at least used to read Ganon. Everyone trying to be Ganon, though in the old days that meant everyone trying to be Demise. This is also how you read Link. Oh, absolutely. I read all the characters in this series essentially the same way. Everybody trying. Everybody aspiring to their true selves, or to this higher form. They will be the shapes that cast the shadows. See, that's Plato. Demise is the tyrannical being. Yes. That has conquered time itself. A malice that is not localized to a particular era, but exists as part of the fabric of time. How do you think of the idea that Demise is more of a latter-day demon king? Hmm. I think I think malice all whenever malice appears, that is a channeling of Demise, the tyrannical being. Even in the case where it's the calamity Ganon creating the malice. Well, when you, when you describe the calamity Ganon as being evil or malicious, that is the same thing as describing it as being demise. As if evil was a word coined to describe the demon king. Yes. Instead of being an epithet you would hurl at it. It's like when you say someone is an assassin. That is a reference to the ancient brotherhood of Hashashin. I see. So We needed our Assassin's Creed reference. Of course. For the day. Um, but that just sort of waters down the definition. Of evil? Uh-huh. I don't know. I think that it works within the context of The Legend of Zelda, where evil is that which is like this being. Hmm. What do you think about the goddesses sticking around, but not long enough? Well, I, this is a particular reading that sort of relies on the legend of zelda having reliable narrators Mm. which is difficult for me to reconcile even when it comes to the spirits of light because i think that this particular reading of the story sort of precludes the idea that the spirits of light and the dragons from skyward sword are the same characters Mm. all knowledge is ultimately based on that which we cannot prove oh god in heaven will you fight or will you perish like a dog I guess I'm going to perish like a dog. <laughs> what? Why are dogs the ones that perish? That's just the meme. What, what meme? 
That's the one where um, Mickey and Donald Duck have an argument about how there is no intrinsic meaning because every action of the mind is an arbitrary function of chemicals. So the idea of meaning in the universe is absurd. And then Mickey goes, fool that you are, you rely on the chemicals of your brain to tell you that they are chemicals. You know that one. No. You've never seen this. No, I haven't. Crystal, would you kindly... Because <laughs> <laughs> Thank I know... you, Crystal. The best part is this text is original to this image. Yes. Uh. This is not a quote from anything. Someone just made this. Oh. <laughs> it's very interesting. It is very interesting. I have a theory that I just came up with. Okay. About how Ganon broke the seals of the sages... From which they they called on the power of the golden goddesses to make. Yeah. It's because Ganon breaking out of the seal happens concurrently in meta time. Oh, God. To Ganon making the wish upon the Triforce. Ah. And the power of the Triforce is such that it can reverberate across timelines. I see. So when Ganon made that wish to have all of everything... It reverberated across the timelines and echoed in places where Ganon was also sealed. So it's that kind of time change that never didn't happen. It's No, it's more like, it, it's not a time change, so to speak. It's just that there is a certain temporal synchronicity between the different timelines. Okay. A sort of divine prank. Yeah, okay. So you think that on the timelines, because... It, so it's not so much related to the flow of time in and of itself. It's the importance of events that are synchronized. Ganon makes that wish on the Triforce in the Accursed Timeline. And that is when Ganondorf, using the Triforce of Power, pushes against the seal of the Golden Gods and begins to break through. And it is also when Twilight Princess Ganondorf awakens from death with the power of the gods in his hands. Yes. That's fucking sick. Cool. I like it. Sure, I'll buy into that. And it also it means that Ganon being killed or permanently sealed away in those two timelines means that he cannot inherit those worlds. And so one Ganon must have them all. Right, which is why after those Ganons die, you need to start merging things. Yeah. Hmm. As the differences between the worlds become blurred. See, this adds an extra dimension to our timeline because now we need to sync things up. Sure, why the fuck not? But I like it. This is good. I hope we're taking notes for our timeline episode and or PDF. You'd be surprised how little I need notes for this crap. I know. No, I wouldn't be surprised. 17 years. I'm signing off on this theory of yours, Crystal. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Like, Did it just yeah. occur to you? Yes. That is the greatest kind of theorizing. That is so strong, and I like it a lot. I'm glad you told us that, because that really answers an important question of how did Ganon get out of the perfect seal of the Golden Gods? Because when he's got the whole Triforce, sure, that'll happen eventually, but Ganondorf and Wind Waker, that doesn't quite hold up as easily. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off on that. Uh let's see. Oh, this is this next one is sadly a little bit out of date. It's titled, This is Not My Fault, Zelda Netflix Rumors Return by Tank Hammer. 
It sounds like there's another Japanese game being adapted to a Netflix anime, but there's no telling what it might actually be. There are obviously more iconic Japanese gaming companies than Nintendo. Anyway, I just listened to the Skyward Sword episode where you answered my last email today. I want to thank Crystal for such a perfect answer as Majora's Mask done in the style of Secret of Nymph. That's a cool image in my head. I have to bleep out you saying that. Oh. Oh. You did it again. Okay. Anyway, still love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Uh, Tank Hammer included at the beginning of this email a direct quote from the Business Insider article that uh, first had Adi Shankar tease the upcoming animated series project from a iconic Japanese gaming company. Adi Shankar being the producer of... The, and showrunner. Yeah, and showrunner of the Netflix Castlevania, which, which is pretty all right. The Netflix Castlevania is definitely the best non-video game Castlevania thing by a thousand miles. Honestly, it's better than most of the video games. It was This was rumor was sadly debunked. It was. Um, the, the next series is Devil May Cry. Yes. He's also developing Assassin's Creed. Is he? Yes. When did huh. that get announced? Before this. Oh, really? I didn't know that. He seems like a great guy, he's, at least in terms of the depth of his video game knowledge. He's a very good showrunner who knows how to find good directors and good writers to make the series that he wants to see. So I think that there's a lot of reason to be excited about Devil May Cry. In his Devil May Cry confirmation uh, tweet, he posted himself in a cosplay of Dante. And it's like an amalgam Dante. <laughs> it's that's, really cute. It's actually very good. It's very well done. Yeah, but sadly... It's not going to be The Legend of Zelda, which is also fine. Which is also fine. That's okay. We don't have to have Zelda. We would have been mostly okay with him taking a stab at it, I guess. I, sort of. I, it would depend on who he picked for director and writer. Yeah. But, it, you know. Have you watched the Castlevania series, Crystal? Yeah, it's good. It's pretty good. Did you watch that second season? I have not seen season two. Oh, season two is much better than season one. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh. It is a marked improvement between the two. I would say that it is a bigger quality jump than moving from Adventure of Link Z-Link to Breath of the Wild Z-Link. <laughs> and that's a six-point jump. That's a six, no, four-point jump. Math. You and Crystal today, I swear. Four-point jump. It's, it's a 50% increase. But no, season two of Castlevania is much better than season one in pretty much every meaningful way. It has a much greater focus on characters. And uh, you should watch it because I think you'll like it. It has, okay, I will. It has less Warren Ellis-isms in big parts of it. And it gets into the part where he's actually good at writing sad characters. It's still very Ellis. It's extremely Ellis. Goddamn. <clears throat> Ooh, my throat's getting tired. What would you have wanted to see? Oh, like what would my ideal have been? Yeah. For? For the show. Oh, I have to think about that for a second. Uh, Monica, do you have any like any video game properties from a Japanese company you would just really like to see adapted? Uh, no. I've got... Fire I, Emblem? <laughs> Fire Emblem would be pretty fucking good, actually. Yeah. Um, what about you, Crystal? Dragon's Dogma. Really? Yeah. On that note, Dark Souls probably would have been a pretty decent cartoon series. Mass Effect? That's not Japanese. I know. We're talking about video game franchises. Yeah, but they're all Japanese video game franchises from a big Japanese Right, company. no, I know, but the rumor's been... We know what completely oh. it is. Oh, okay. 
So now you're saying like, what would if you had your druthers, what would get adapted into a cartoon? Yes. So yours would be Mass Effect. Yeah. That's a strong pick. I think also Fire Emblem would stand out because I'd want a Western animator Ta- yeah. <laughs> or uh, producer or armor designer. To yeah, just get a review of the things that have been in the more recent Fire Emblems. Which game would you want to be adapted? Fire Emblem. Fire Blazing Emblem. Sword. Fire Emblem Seven. Blazing Sword. Localized uh-huh. confusingly in English as Fire Emblem on the Game Boy Advance. Uh huh. That was a good one. That's a good one. It's got Canis in it. Why Dragon's Dogma? It's a good story. That's not a very big answer, Which Crystal. Which one's Dragon's Dogma? It's it's the one where you fight a dragon steals your heart and you become the Arisen. You gotta kill the dragon. Dragonheart? No, that isn't the story of Dragonheart. <laughs> um, Dragon's Dogma is... It exists somewhere... God, it's really difficult to convey what Dragon's Dogma is like if you haven't played it. But it's somewhere between a Western RPG... Dark Souls and Monster Hunter. Okay. I guess would you would you call that an okay description, Crystal? Yeah. You, you go fight the dragon, then you, the dragon says, "Like, listen, I'll leave these lands in exchange for but one human soul, and you can make that choice and become king, like the king who made that choice, because he's like no man could have slayed that beast, because he is a very big dragon, big scary dragon." But then you can choose to fight the dragon, and you can kill the dragon. But after you kill the dragon, a big hole opens up in the city, and you gotta jump into the hole and fight some more monsters until you meet the Seneschal, the 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 god of the world. And the god offers you a choice: you can uh, you can fight the Seneschal, or you can leave and live a quiet life. And if you lose to the Seneschal, you become the next dragon who must find the next Arisen to test the Seneschal. I feel but like I need a you, chart. If you kill the Seneschal, then you become the Seneschal. The god of the, the world. the god of the world who cannot interact with it, but you sustain it. But or, or as the Seneschal, you can kill yourself and give your soul to your pawn, who are like soulless humans, but now they have a soul. So it's a lot like the ending of God of War 3. Where Kratos is hope. Where Kratos murders himself to give hope to humanity. Yeah. Oh, this is, that is, uh, that is layers and layers, Crystal. That would be a very interesting cartoon adaptation. Who's your favorite character from that description you just gave? The dragon, Grigori. The dragon does sound pretty cool. I think we've got another email. Uh Uh-huh. Crystal, it's your turn. Okay, give me a second. (laughs) Good morning, podcast sages. It's your old buddy Tank Hammer here giving you another Zelda email to respond from the guy who doesn't play Zelda games. (laughs) Since Ground recently broke on Universal Studios' newest park, Super Nintendo World, I was curious what a Triforce of Zelda files such as yourselves want to see. It follows their other efforts such as the Harry Potter Marvel Superhero or Jurassic Park areas that means you'll probably see at least one major ride themed after the Legend of Zelda series, with some minor attractions and some themed foods. Do you think there will be a roller coaster based on riding the loft wings or that weird spinning top from Twilight Princess? A Tetra-themed pirate ship ride? A real-life Lynx crossbow training station? I bet there will be Triforce nachos or jalapeno cheddar bomb chews or something at the food stall. Mm. Maybe even a happy mask salesman gift shop. It doesn't open until 2020, so we have some time. But let's hear your wild speculation as informed Zelda loreologists. That's why I'm here. Which Triforce piece are we? Oh, 
<laughs> Crystal, which Triforce piece would you like to be? Didn't we already establish this? Did we this? establish this? Yeah, Crystal's courage, your wisdom, oh, and I'm power. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, I'm glad we's, we've addressed this yeah. and settled it. Crystal, what what would you want to or... Ex- okay, there's two answers to this question. What you expect and what you want. I think hidden in the park should be three Triforce pieces. <laughs> oh. And, and if they're you collect all three and you bring them to the, the special office, you get a cup with infinite refills. Oh, that's actually really good. Okay. I thought you were going to say, like, you get to, like, shape the, the park. <laughs> <laughs> it will take the shape of your heart. Okay. So you're thinking, like, they're physical objects. Can they just be, like, QR codes that you scan in? No, you got to get them. Oh. Because physically, you might have to take them from other people. Oh, my. That's pretty intense. Okay, so only three pieces of the Triforce, not like eight shards of the Triforce of Courage or something. No, three pieces of the Triforce. Oh my. And you might have to fight people. You might have to walk over their bodies. Well, that's the price of power, right? Who can possibly imagine that they will get infinite free refills if they are not willing to bear the burden of karma? (laughs) Good. I'm glad that that got you. I haven't tried any of those VR, um, not escape rooms, but, you know, VR rooms with adventures. But I'd like to see how far they've come. Oh, you mean just like a VR Zelda experience? Yes, where you're swinging a sword, hopefully not with people around you, and you have to hit various things or jump over various things. and Fight Ganon. Sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. Okay, is that something that you expect or hope for? I hope for a very well done one, I suppose. Uh. And I think that if there was actually a ride based on the spinner from Twilight Princess, everybody would immediately throw up. That would be a good theme for a centrifugal ride, though, where you're up against the wall. Yeah, but think of how the spinner actually works. Yeah, I know. Throwing up. Yeah, I know, but like it would just be one of those centrifuge rides shaped, one? shaped like the spinner. Why are you inside the spinner? Shut up. <laughs> it's theme park theming. It can't be perfect. Okay. I would like the Bomb Chew mini game. Oh, just straight yeah. up the Bomb Chew mini game. <laughs> C- complete with some chickens walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that can be like the VR game where it's like you have this setup where you're looking at this big television screen and you have this Bomb Chew that you set up just perfectly mm-hmm. and it's an electronic thing and it registers its orientation and then you see a video rendition of it going zooming off toward wherever it's supposed to go yeah that could be cool i think that i would for a non-ride attraction i think that i would like to see a restaurant based on something like the lumpy pumpkin ah but then everybody would try to ruin the chandelier there's no chandelier There'd just be, like, a sign that says, please excuse our lack of chandelier trying to pay off the old one. Okay. And, uh, like, there would be this ruined leftovers of the chandelier, like, just the broken chain. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that. And uh, I I just think it'd be fun to have a place where you could go down and have a nice bowl of soup, which is uh, squash-based and redolent with cheeses. That's my kind of thing. And, uh... For a ride, I'm someone who, in terms of rides, really likes roller coasters. And I think that the best theming for a Legend of Zelda roller coaster would be a Divine Beasts kind of thing. 
where it's like the ride itself is a sixth specially designed divine beast and it's sort of like space mountain where you go through these things that look like the other divine beasts oh yeah yeah yeah. okay i'd love that shit and maybe you'd have a little video screens of ganon or whatever the fuck that'd be fun that would be fun that'd be big fun big fun for cameron's because i just i just really love roller coasters you crystal ju- what would you uh, crystal what would you like to see as a ride as a ride um what about like a water ride mm. oh like wind waker themed yeah but also the zoras are there Ooh, i like that and prince sidon's like splashes you <laughs> and then you splash prince sidon back yeah. What if you're just going off the series of waterfalls from Zora's Domain in Breath of the Wild? Okay, yeah. Why'd I do that? Because I hate drops. Yeah, but oh, they're... the flood. It recreates the flood. Ooh. That's nice. like you, th- you think it's just a, a standard roller coaster. Then the water starts coming up. That sounds terrifying thematically and practically. Yeah, okay, I'm for this. Then we'd have to discuss the canonicity. Monica, what would you want as a non-ride attraction outside of the VR thing? Um, I've got a restaurant. Crystal has her um, all-powerful infinite refill cup. I would like a bazaar like in Skyward Sword. Yeah, bazaar. Yeah. Drink the potions. Yeah, okay. Go have your fortune told. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, buy or don't buy items from the very overly polite retail worker. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have to act very dis... No, they can't, because people would read that wrong. Yeah. They can't act super disappointed until... No, no, they could, but everybody knows it's a thing. Yeah, but not everyone's going to know, because Skyward Sword is the least popular of the 3D Zeldas. Oh, okay. They can't have that particular bit. People would be offended. Maybe they ought to be. Maybe they ought to be offended that they didn't play Skyward Sword, or remember it. That's Monica's official position. You should play Skyward Sword. Uh-huh. And that'll make this theme park better. I think we've done pretty good outlining some Nintendo theme park Zelda theming. I think that was pretty good go. Good job, team. Good job, team. Oh, boy, howdy. The subject line of this last email that we're going to be reading is Ocarina of Time Zelda ruins everything again. Which, harsh, but also fair. And Shakal writes in, Hey, crew, quick thought. If we place Ocarina of Time on the same timeline where Demise was not completely and utterly destroyed, but instead the remains of his soul were sealed in the Master Sword, what if when Ocarina of Time Child Link drew the Master Sword, he not only unsealed the Sacred Realm, he also unwittingly released that last bit of Demise's essence, which then entered the most evil person it could find, Ganondorf. Before that, Ganondorf was a dark wizard with great ambitions, sure, but it was after Demise's soul was released that he became the curse embodied. Oh boy. I I don't think this happened. Oh, no, this is kind of a what if. <laughs> oh, like a what if? Sure. That That's a big misstep. Also, why would you seal... Well, that, that just questions four swords, but... Yeah. Why would you seal the thing underneath the sword? Meaning that anytime you have to draw it... it the would thing gets out. Unleash something worse. Yeah. It's like Ganon- That's a bad call. Yeah, like Ganondorf using Shadow Link and forcing people to draw the Four Sword, which releases Vati and creates the distraction that Ganon needs to Well, gain that's power. a good plan. It's a good plan. It's like the best plan that Ganon ever had. Crystal, what do you think of this? Crystal. I mean, it didn't happen, though. <laughs> yeah? She didn't ruin the thing. It's true. That's, that's probably true. 
Um, if if Ganondorf became more evil after the Master Sword was drawn, that's interesting to me because before the Master Sword is drawn, he still murders the king and like all the castle guards and tries to kill at least two out of the three other peoples of yeah he tr- he tried to starve all the gorons to death he actually killed the guardian god of the forest and also death cursed the guardian god of the zora he and, was like nearly murdered their princess yeah it's like how much worse can a guy really get than <laughs> repeated pre-game deicide how much more until you believe his genuine evilness yeah it's like if that's what he was before he got really evil I feel like latter game Ocarina of Time Ganondorf doesn't stack up as good. Like, straight genocide, people. That's what Ganondorf is. Never believe that Ganondorf was anything except for an evil fucker. He, the winds. Yeah, the wind. <laughs> he had feelings about the wind and also um other feelings, I guess. It's not you know, for- I fucking saw videos like sync up the Infinity War moment with the Lion King moment. What, what, what? what? The moments where a character is thrown off a cliff. Oh. Uh-huh. How'd that go? It's not good. Do they set the horrible imagery of Gamora falling to her death to the sound of James Earl Jones falling while Jonathan Taylor Thomas screams his name, or what? It's more like the music. Oh. Okay. It's, it's, it still uses the Infinity War imagery, though. Yeah. That doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound great at all. You know, people really like Infinity War. Yeah, it's a well-received film. It's a well-received film that is also well-regarded by a lot of moviegoers. We're actually pretty far outside of the norm, especially you two. It's a really weird feeling being that outside of the standard opinion. Because the way we see it, it's like everyone should dislike these parts of the movies, right? And then it's like, no, apparently not. I, I understand liking something more than... Other people do like that was um, Blade Runner twenty. Which one? The, 20 whichever one. The, the sequel, <laughs> yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah, it's like I like that one a lot more than the average person. Then I understand that. Yeah, it has some things that movie. It has some things, but there were a lot of really strong, subtle points to it. Sure, but then there's Infinity but then there's War. like everybody likes this one so much more than I do, and it's like what? Hmm. Is there something wrong with me? No. no. <laughs> Never. It's the children who are wrong. (laughs) It is the children who are wrong. But yeah, Ganondorf is like the most evil. And I don't think that... A lot of people think of Wind Waker as like rehabilitating Ganondorf. That isn't what happens. It's not what happens at all. I like to talk about villains as if they were video game bosses. Uh Uh-huh. And the stronger someone is, the better they are. Oh. So Thanos must be one of the greatest villains of all time. Yeah, because he, he did the damn thing. Yeah, because he won, which makes him good. He wiped out half of all life in the universe, including plants. That's a great plan. And animals. Including plants and animals. Which are... Uh, <laughs> which are food. Which are food. They are some of the resources he was trying to preserve. And therefore, that's... He completely... It was he pointless. He just made the problem, but... No, he just made the problem apply to fewer people, technically. Technically. But, but probably more. Because he destroyed so much infrastructure. Air traffic controllers. Yeah. Doctors. People who were driving. Yes. God. We're back to Infinity War hate. Well, I mean, like... Crystal, what would you do if you had the Infinity Gauntlet? If I had the Infinity Gauntlet and could warp reality, 
with a snap of my finger. Yeah. Infinite refill cup. <laughs> That's a very strong beginning. That's where it gets started, I think. And you don't have to go to a place to get it refilled. It just always refills with whatever you want. Just anything you want. Is this for everybody or just no, you? No, just Crystal. Well, it has to be a liquid. Yeah. But it's like, and it's always, it never has to be washed, right? Oh, of course not. Oh, that's a strong magic cup, Crystal. That is very good. I like that. But I feel like we've reached the end of what I can say about Infinity War. Hey, how long will it be before you and Luke get to, like, uh, Thor Ragnarok? Like, a few months. Damn it. And even longer for Infinity War, then. I forgot how much faster the Marvel movies started coming out near the end of Phase 2. It's really rolling up. Yeah. Yeah. How do we feel about the way Cap- uh, Captain Marvel looks right now? It looks fine. It looks okay. I hope it's okay. I have concerns, but that's mostly because I'm still rattled from Infinity War. I have this weird theory that the trailer is actually highly edited and that she looks like a Cree the whole time. Like she's blue. She's blue. Th- that would be a hell of a twist. Like, that would be... Something that they, if they actually manage to preserve that until the movie is out in theaters, I can't imagine. I think it's perfectly reasonable and completely credible. Completely credible. Uh, but what about when Samuel L. Jackson says, you're not from around here, Exactly. You? Yes. Oh. Because she's blue. Because <laughs> she's blue. Yes. Clearly an alien. Crystal is the single worst, not even scene, but the worst component of a scene in the MCU not in terms of its content or its offensiveness, but just in terms of craft. The bit where in Spider-Man Homecoming where Peter's trapped beneath rubble and he hears Tony Stark's voice in his head, Obi-Wan style. That seems good, actually. I beg your fucking pardon. It's a good scene. Why is it a good scene? Because he's like, he's he's been having the safety net the whole time, but now he doesn't have it. What's his safety net? That if he fucks up bad enough, Iron Man's gonna come save him. Is that what you? Is that how you read that scene? I mean, that happens twice earlier in the film. Sure, but like, do you remember what Tony says? If you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Something like that, yeah. And you think that it was appropriate for them to play Ghost Tony's voice there? Yeah. God, that scene would have been so much better without that. And it's just Peter looks at the mask and draws the strength from within himself. Fuck. I was I was not in love with that scene. As editorial decisions go, I think that scene, that one bit, brings down that whole fucking movie a point for me. It's a good scene. It is so bad. <laughs> he's he's but a, a child. It, I, I didn't need his face superimpose over the mask did that happen uh-huh oh yeah as the voiceover happened right god yes i forgot he sees it there's like reflection in the water or something yes oh it's good no because then why because why is it bad okay visually the scene seems to indicate that it's about peter's relationship with spider-man right and the same thing with tony that is incongruous with a reading where it's about his relationship with iron man it's about both. I don't know that it really is. I'm glad that MCU Complete Me got made. I'm sort of I'm sort of wistful about the Book of Medora having an actual spin-off podcast that has probably grown bigger than the Book of Medora is. But also I'm glad that I'm not going to be on it because I would be so fucking angry about that sequence. 
God. It's good. Spider-Man Homecoming. What a good movie. What a bad scene. It's a good scene. You know, well, you know what, Crystal? You're giving the movie a letter grade. So I hope that you point out how good that scene is. I wonder if I'm Luke... I'm give it a point higher out of spite. I wonder <laughs> if Luke will like that scene. No, I've argued with him before about it. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, I would have thought Luke would have loved it. No, why? Because... Why would you assume that? Luke doesn't even like Marvel <laughs> movies. Because his opinion doesn't segue with mine very well. Oh, I see. I mean, that's usually true. But, like, no, that that is exactly the kind of scene that would put a burr straight up his ass. And he'll never hear us say this, so that's fine. But, yeah, I, I definitely side with Luke for that particular sequence, though I think I like the whole movie better than he probably will. Best version of the Vulture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Where can people send us emails, rather? You can send in emails to the Book of Medora podcast at gmail.com. Oh, that was, that was a lot of base for that first word. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll redo that. And you can send in emails to bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Well, that still has basically the same cadence where you start with like like so much base and then slowly let off the pedal. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't really know how to control this, apparently. Start high. Start high. I Okay. Um, I mean, it's not our problem. No, I'm going to do it one more it. time. I'm going to do it one more time. You can send in emails to the podcast Gmail account, bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Did it happen again? No, that, that was that was a little more level. Okay. I mean, again, it's not actually a, like an issue or a problem. I'm just pointing it out. Well, I, 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 I'm not very good at controlling my cadence, I guess. This is why, this is why I could never be on the radio. That's bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Jesus, okay. I'll just go... How about I just go fucking heavy for the entire fucking thing? Book of Medora podcast at gmail.com. Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter, at CamWriter. You can find me at ArcaneCrystal, patreon.com slash ArcaneCrystal, MCU Complete Me, the Marvel movie podcast, Let's Place, where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. Y'all had a shake-up on there recently. Oh, Yeah. Didn't y'all? Even bigger than the Zelda episode. Yeah, we got five visual novels in top five. They're good. Yeah. Yeah, you got Butterfly Soup at number three, and I'm happy with that one. That's pretty high. Yeah, that, that's really high. I was shocked at how high. And there's like six games that outrank Local Land now. Devastating. Crystal, what can I get if I become a patron on your Patreon? Uh, well, you can get podcasts early, including this podcast, and you also get some exclusive podcasts. Oh, really? Like Let's Place, Let's Place, the podcast where we scientifically and objectively rank every episode of Let's Place according to quality. Has that started yet? Yeah. Cool. How many episodes in are you? One. Oh, okay. Who all's on it? Uh, different guests in each episode. Very cool. Can we jump in and like totally weigh an episode? <laughs> I mean, you can. Sure. We'd have to listen to a lot of Let's Plays. Uh-huh. So we'll do the ranking of non-Z-Link ships at another time. I mean, we can, yeah, another time. Another time. Maybe for the another list time. episode. Send in your favorite non-Z-Link ships. They don't have to involve Zelda or Link. Send in your favorite list ideas. Yeah, we need list ideas. Things to rank things. Like favorite ghosts. Or favorite credits themes. Favorite things to put in bottles. Favorite Zora. 
Favorite places to plant beans. Best items that you get from dungeons. Most useless items. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. Send in your ideas, and we'll definitely end up using some of them. And you can send in ones that we just said, because we'll forget. Uh Uh-huh. Would you like to hear a Zelda joke? Yes. This is from WeZelda.net forum thread video game image joke sharing. Oh, wow. Posted by user the Charizard F8. Fate? It is a picture of Super Mario with the text, This is Zelda. He's my favorite Pokemon from Call of Duty, which is a sequel of Metal Gear Solid. Wait, no, is it a quote? And then it says like... No, this is somebody making a shit post. Yeah, no, no, it's like the 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 Gandalf. um, Yeah, it's just like use the Forest Luke with the picture of Dumbledore, and then attributing it to Gandalf. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Attributing it to Gandalf in whichever Star Trek movie. Uh huh. It's that exact same shit post. Wrath of Khan. Fuck. That's gonna read real well on the podcast. (laughs) Well, you want another joke? I I don't know that I no, do, no, no. but listeners will just have to picture this. Yeah, just picture, picture Mario. Picture. Okay, here's one I just made up. Image macro. Oh no. Ganondorf. Top text claims to have Triforce of Power. Bottom text dies anyway. Oh, that is a very high quality theoretical image macro. I thought it'd be something like image of Ganondorf claims it to do it for his people. Bottom text. People still in desert. This is the moment where I'm going to drown us out with whatever music I end this with. So, we can stop recording. Bye! Bye. <laughs>